It's really an honor and a privilege to be on the stage, and I never take this for granted. And I want to thank you for the opportunity for that you can listen to my English now, because Lazan's English was so high, and you know, you can have scones and teas, tea with it, and mine, you have re-coffee. So, well done, Lazan. Really, really cool that we are so diverse, but yet united. We are in a series called uh, Colossians, and I want to speak a little bit into a topic that I think um, Paul in Colossians 3 knew all too well about. And if you look at Colossians 3, if you look a little bit into the history that Paul was in prison at that moment and at that time, and he was writing to the church of Colossus because what was happening is there were false teacher, teachers teaching false theology or false teachings, and that became a false lifestyle. Now, what I loved about Ryan's sermon last week, and I hope he makes a... a, a, a Attack with this, and I will never forget this. It says, Jesus plus something is nothing, but Jesus plus nothing is everything. And that just stood with me, and I was wondering what was happening in Colossians 3. And as I was reading it, it was happening in modern-day Turkey. Paul was telling them all about, hey, be careful that this false teachers that turns into false teaching becomes a false lifestyle. And I was like, yo, Paul should have known, or he, he, he did know, what is happening currently in the world today. He should have known, or I hope the Holy Spirit revealed to him what is happening in our lives and in our situation today. Once of the, 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 one of his firm worries is that this false teaching created a lifestyle that was not godly. And I want to speak about that today. I want to speak about a godly lifestyle. And I want to tell you, I'm speaking to myself here more than anybody else. I'm going to say it from the, from the start. And for those online who do not know me, in, in, in the November, December, I had a humongous breakdown. It's on Facebook. It's, I've shared it or whatever the case should be. But one of the action steps that I had to take in my massive anxiety attack, not mine, the massive anxiety attack was my actions and my thoughts is mine to own. And then when Ryan spoke about this week and I looked at the heading of Colossians 3, life of the new man, I was like, oh Lord, here we go. So I want to use two examples. Just what we are struggling with today that has been normalized. And I'm going to step on a few toes and that is okay because I wear a size 11 shoe, so I step on toes a lot. But we live in a world where we now decided that living together is okay. We live in a world where a, a, a man and a woman, or these days a man and a man, a woman and a woman, a man, donkey, whatever you want to call yourself, live in a world that you can live together. And, and that's okay. We normalize it because we want to get to know each other. We want to see if we're compatible. We want to see if we can make this a lifelong journey together. And what we as Christians, moms and dads, that and I'm, I, I'm not a mom, I'm a dad that keeps us still in the house, fortunately. But we allowed this and we didn't say anything because we didn't want to hurt our children's feelings. And what would happen is, I'm very tense already. What has happened is, is that we like, God has got a plan with them. God has got a reason for this is happening. And what has happened is become normalized. And then when they come to me, they say, Louis, do not worry. We're going to move into different rooms. And I'm like, that's great. How did, how did Eve saw the apple or the fruit? The devil came and tempted her. Do you think if you have a beautiful fiance or a beautiful girlfriend sleeping in another room, do you think the devil is going to leave you alone? And then you could see they were thinking, so I said to him, I don't mind you sleeping together. And I get like, well, that's good news. I said, it's the waking up I'm worried about. It's staying awake. What do you do then? 
We live in a world where all our examples of life, of our lifestyles, is what we own. What car do you drive? We drive a Cherry. Everybody laughs. But if you drive a Mercedes Black AMG Edition C63 top of the range, then you're the man of the hour. With some of you, what would happen is we, 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 we don't want to see where we live. I come from Tuspit Park, the most beautiful place ever. I love that place. It is my valley. It is my home. It's where I was grown up. But some of us are too scared to put that on our church info update. But some of us have a bit more pride and we live in an affluent community and we write down that suburb and that address with everything we have because I am a man of influence. We live in a world where popular music and movies promote sexual life. I don't even want to call, I don't want to call it anymore. It's so demacard. It's so up and down and everywhere. What we have and who we are is more important than what God calls us to be. And we live in a world where my feelings, if you hurt them, I cancel you. God has never called us to live a feeling lifestyle. God has never called us to have self-love, but love for others. But we live in a world that's constantly offended, constantly misguided, and we have missed the godly lifestyle. Let me give you an example. In America, there's a chocolate company called Hershey's. And they make chocolates, delicious chocolates. You see them in South Africa, they're very expensive. But what has happened this week on one day was International Women's Day. I apologize, ladies, I did not know that. It was Women's Day, apparently. So what the Hershey company did is, they, you'll see the photo now, they have put out a, a little bit of a the Happy Women's Month thing. And that this is the photo that they've used for Happy Women's Month. And I want you to see, can you spot the odd one out there? This is the world we live in. This is the lifestyle that we have to normalize as Christians. So now they have taken International Women's Day and put a biological man as a woman because he identifies as a woman. And women, as Christians, you are not outraged by this. I do not understand this. We have men competing in women's swimming events in America. We have men competing with biological women in weightlifting events. Guys, I'm at CrossFit. There are some ladies who can lift weights, but I haven't seen one beating the strongest guy in our CrossFit gym yet. We have men being cancelled. Me Too campaign. Men are trash. Biological men becoming biological, not unbiological women. And this is the lifestyle. And the reason why this is rampant is because you cannot say to me, in my day we will never allow this. You've allowed this in your day because you haven't spoken against it. I'm not speaking against the person. I really hope that God will, you pray for that person. You hope they will find their true identity in Christ. Whatever hurt or whatever situation has happened in their life has led them to this path. And I'm always thinking, weren't they most probably at a church and the church has decided not to speak to them or excommunicate them? And then they go find a lifestyle where they accept it as they are. You are loved just as you are as this church, but we're not gonna accept you just as you are. We hope that God makes a change in you. So what happens in America now, what happens in America now, they've made a change. The woke community is under threat. Thank the Lord for that. Because there's another company who made also a chocolate bar the very next day. And I want to show it to you also. So what they did is they said, Jeremy's she, her, nutless. Jeremy's he, him, nuts. Do I need to explain? 
This is how God has created us, male and female. But we need as Christians, we live in this lifestyle where we are so scared to say anything. I want to tell you your gender. I wanna, and I know probably Facebook is going to tag this video and say hate speech, and that's okay. I can handle it. But they, thank you, sister. <laughs> they say, we live in a world where our lifestyle says gender is fluid. The only place where your gender is fluid is when you go to the bathroom. Because when you stand up, you're a man. And when you sit down, you're a lady. Easy as that. You know how a lifestyle happens, an ungodly lifestyle? Ryan shared it last week. And this Dwight Longnecker, I hope that's the right way. It says this, first we overlook evil. Look at the lifestyle. Then we permit the evil. Then we legalize evil. Then we promote it. Then we celebrate it. And then we persecute that who still can call it evil. Using God's name in vain. It's not a, it's not an e it's not a thing anymore. Polygamy is the new thing. I don't know if you know this, but now you have your husband and your wife and your girlfriend, your girlfriend's husband and husband, girlfriend. That's polygamy. You can have more than one wife or husband. You can have a girlfriend and a boyfriend and a side chick and, a, and, and that's the life we're living in. And we as Christians, you know what we do? We don't want to offend anybody. What did Jesus do? Can I ask you, what did Jesus do when somebody was not speaking the truth? He, he, he stood up. He spoke in love, but he spoke the truth. But we are allowing our godly lifestyles coming to church that is actually not a godly lifestyle because we do not speak against these false beliefs. We do not say something because we're scared to be canceled. We allow our children with love and care, but we're scared, too scared to tell them the truth. We live with husbands who, who are bored in their sex life and then they tell their wives, you know what, let's bring a bit of pornography into play here because then I will be ready for you. And the women are so scared that the husband will leave them that they will bring that trash into their bedrooms and they will watch pornography. And what happens now is God is not in that because God cannot be around evil. So your intimacy is even a God, godless intimacy. We must stop saying yes to Hamor's Bully, I don't know what the English word is. But we have to say, we have to say no. We have to start somewhere. And in December, I had to make a decision for myself. And I know Ryan is here somewhere. And I sat in Ryan's office in January after I had my humongous breakdown. And I said, if I'm not fixing myself this year, I am not coming back. So this year is my journey, and I got three points. That's why Colossians 3 hit me so hard, because there's three points I want to give you that help me move away from my ungodly lifestyle. Yes, pastors do also have ungodly lifestyles. Just go Google some famous pastors. We are not perfect, but you are waiting for a pastor to fail because it becomes headline news these days. We are perfect, not perfect people, but we serve a God that's perfect. And Colossians 3 is for all of us today. My first point is this. Think higher, not lower. Amen. Colossians 3 verse 1 to 4. So you, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your life, uh, uh, Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Think higher, not lower. You know, there's a series called Seven Peaks that I've watched on Netflix. And it was this guy who was trying to climb all seven peaks in a certain amount of time. 
Now you must understand that's thousands of meters of climbing and there's so many dangers around it, ice glaciers, storms, avalanches. They say the people who climbed Mount Everest, they, they, there's quite a few people who passed away in that storm. There's even some bodies to this day that they didn't even find. What a way to go. Nobody knows where you are. And what he said is when, when he climbs up, he always looks up. He doesn't look to the side where the dangers might be. Because when he looks to the side, his focus is not on the top. His focus is on the danger, and that's when you fall. The same thing happens when you, give a, you start a godly lifestyle. Ask anybody here who's got, accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The test comes immediately. You get distracted immediately. You get, your faith gets questioned immediately. And what happens is we look left and we look right and we don't focus on God. We tend to fall. You know, in CrossFit, I've been doing that for a little bit now. And there's one thing they say through all the pain and the hand callists, I think that's the right word. And they're saying, when you do something, don't look down, look up. It's easier. It is easier to cry when you're looking up because nobody sees you. But in any case, it says you have to focus on God. And the higher you go, the hardest it's going to get. I promise you that. But that guy from the Seven Peaks, I can't remember his name, said at the top, and you'll see the picture soon here, at the top, you see the greatest scheme of things. You see the beautiful uh, uh, valleys and the mountains and the fresh air. And I mean, look at that majestic view. But you didn't focus on the little bit of water at the bottom. You focused going up. So to live a godly lifestyle, to live a, a life that is godly, we need to say, first of all, think higher, not lower. Because when you think higher and you get higher and higher and you get to a destination, you never get to God in a permanent destination. But in a season, you can see below you and you can see under you and you can see how God has carried you through a situation. That person of seven peaks even said some days he was glad he climbed the day before because the next day an avalanche would happen. God puts you in the seasons for a reason. And sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it is hurtful. But I promise you, if you make a note of it, a month, a year, two years, 13 years all down the line, you will see God has done something for you. But it must bring me to this, to this verse. It says Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I want you to keep it on there for a while. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, biblically right, not your right, my right, biblically right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, lovely, hug your wife, all right, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. So I have to ask you, what are you thinking about? Are you engaging in Bible spiritual disciplines? Or are you watching Netflix from dusk to dawn? Are you here at courses on Wednesday, Wednesday night or a Tuesday night? Or are you binge watching the new season of You? And you're laughing, ladies, because I know it's true. And the sad thing for me about you is when I read the synopsis quickly because I, I, my, uh, people I know watched it, watched it, I was like, how can you watch a show about a guy having sex with so many women, then kills them, and then come to work, and then talk about that, and you wonder why you don't have a godly lifestyle? Men, we're the same. We're the same. When it comes to our series and our, and our movies and the things we watch, we, we, take, we take women for granted. We make women objects. You know why the women wanted to cancel us as men? 
is because we took a woman and not see it as the princess that God has given us, but as an object for sexual objectification and gratification. That is not a biblical lifestyle. And the reason is, is because we watch TV shows, we listen to music, we look at certain people, and we think that's the truth, and we don't live the godly lifestyle anymore. We binge watch Rotter. Maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe you're negative about the cabinet reshuffle, the gray listing, the distraction of what's happening in South Africa. And I'm thinking, we, we, this is how we get negative. So one person gets worried about the gray listing or the cabinet reshuffle. We all must probably have conversations about the government reshuffle. And you go find a person who agrees with you in that cabinet reshuffle. And two becomes four, four becomes eight, eight becomes 16. And then for, for only God knows, and I'm saying this, only God knows why us as South Africans want to have a national shutdown of South Africa when we cannot afford it because we're already losing so much money. But people are saying it's for the greater good. It is not. It is a trap. It is an idealistic, opportunistic situation where God is completely out of it and humans are fully into it. How do you change a country? You do what they did in the Old Testament. You make a line, you get your praise and worshipers in the front, and you walk seven times around that building until it falls down. I know you're clapping, but who will go in there and tell them that? We are too quiet as Christians when it comes to these things. We are too quiet when people cannot see or fathom what's going to happen into their futures because we are too scared to share it. It is time for Christians to become martyrs again because people will believe that. What are you thinking about? Are you honoring God? Or are you honoring Netflix with you and Lucifer? My second point is this. You need to die. You, you just gave my whole point away now. <laughs> you need to die. Not a physical death. I don't want you to die physically but Colossians 3 verse 5 to 11 says this, Therefore, put to death. I want you to remember this. Not, hey, it's going to die. It's an action word. Put. Action. All right. Put to death that, um, what belongs to earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desire, and greed. Which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming on, uh, upon those who are disobedient. And you once walked in these things and you were living in them. But now... You are saved, but now put away all the following. Anger. So much anger in this world. Wrath. Malice. Slander. And filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you put off the old self with these practices. And put on the new self. You are becoming renewed in knowledge according to the image of Christ. In Christ there is no Greek nor Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ in all, Christ, sorry, Christ uh, is all and in all. Put away sexual immorality. Put away greed. Put away anger. Put away malice. It means you take a knife to your old self. There's your old self. And you take it like they do in those horror movies. And you stab it. And you stab it. And you stab it. And you stab it until there's nothing left of it. It means if you are living with your boyfriend or girlfriend here today, you move out 
today before the next service. Well, don't, don't, no, 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 don't clap. It's not me. This is what God is saying. Don't give me the praise. This is God. You move out today. Then you don't tell me I have no place to go. God is already provided a place for you. When your business is so corrupt that under the corruption, uh, a little item line on your accounting book, it says consultation fees, you cancel that contract today because God is not a God that will be mocked. If you love Jesus, Jesus is all of you. He will provide. It means you take that line out that says consulting fees. Because sometimes the consulting fees is more than the workers you pay. And you pay your workers a little bit better. When your marriage is in trouble, you get help. You don't get online help except if it's our online marriage course. You do not. I had to. I had to. You get help. Men, you are struggling and you're holding so much anger and pain. We went to a men's conference yesterday. Over 2,800 men there. You should have heard the worship. You should have seen the tears of real men just opening up. And I was like, Lord, if their wives were only here to see, marriages will be restored. Men, you are holding on to something that is not a godly lifestyle. It is your God, it's God first, your wife second, then your job, then your children, then your job. But we swap the other ones around. Honor God. See God with everything. Seek His righteousness and everything else shall be given to you. Do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Matthew 6 verse 33 and verse 34, Louis Marais version. We need to take steps now. We need to stab it now. And it's going to hurt now, I promise you. But in the future, it will, God will restore you. God is great at doing that. I've also learned that we need to be in community. Christians, we need to be in community. We need to be in circles. We need to be at courses. We need to be in a Christian community. Because what happens a lot is, is that we're not in Christian community. And what the devil does is he puts you in isolation. David, in isolation. And then he saw Bathsheba, busy bathing. I, I still think God has got a sense of humor. Why would he call her Bathsheba? I mean, she could have been shower Sheba. David was alone. All right? David was alone. When the, the enemy, when the devil tempted Jesus, he was alone in the desert. Noah got drunk at the end because he was alone. You're not in community. And what happens is when the poor boy is the fan or when there's something big happening in your life, you're coming and running to the church and you need counseling help. And I'm like, we are here to help you. That is our job. We love to help people. But by the time you get here, you've been so isolated and you've made so many mistakes, humanly mistakes that could be avoided if you knew the word. And then when you get here, you want us to fix you in two months. And then when we put all the effort in for you to get you fixed, you know what happens after those two months when you receive your healing? You are back to your old life and you're back to your old thing. We cannot let this circle continue anymore. God has put people amongst you that can speak life into you. If you don't have them, join a circle. It is very busy on a, on a week not here at church. Ladies, you are good at sharing your feelings. Be happy now. I'm saying something else. No, no. I've seen ladies laying hands upon each other and praying over each other and speaking life over each other. I was like, yes, that is a godly lifestyle. And then men, we suck at community, at brotherhood, because we leave our men behind. Because you ask your friend, how are you doing? Okay, cool. And off we go. Because the production is more important than the person. 
If that is where the world is at, it's time you find a new job. Because the person must be before the, before the production. And you're saying, Louis, but you don't understand my circumstances. Yes, you're right, I don't. But I know God. And I know how he saved me. And I know how prideful I was before he saved me. What is more important? We need to be active steps. Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23. We cannot simply ignore or suppress our sinful desires. We must actively work to uproot them and replace them with the fruits of the Spirit. I love this. I love this the most part. Any, any gardeners in here? Anybody does gardening? Silver and gold ladies? Normally it's you guys. Okay, there's a few. You know when, when you're gardening, you uproot something, you take something out of the ground and you, you take it completely out, the roots, everything out, and then you have to put in the, the fruit of the Spirit. So it's a little seed that you plant. You know what's amazing about uprooting it? Let me give you an example. You know, we got something called water cooler talk. Have you ever heard about this? Water cooler talk. When you discuss a person at the water cooler, actually it's not a water cooler talk. It is let's degrade another person because they don't think like us. Scenario. So we get there and they start talking about a person. You need to step out of that conversation and say, you know what? I'm not part of this. I'm going to find some new friends. Ladies, you're good at this because I know. Because ladies comes to me after the service and said, they say, this isn't this about me. We are so good. The church doesn't even end. And we're out in the foyer and we get our coffee and whatever. And we're already talking about that person while we were sitting in the service. Now you're going to see nobody's going to talk about anybody in the service now all of a sudden. We must stop skinnering about each other. If you have a gossip issue, you remove yourself from that group of friends. Men, if your friends are sending you naked women on a WhatsApp group, it is time to leave that WhatsApp group and tell your wife, this is not me anymore. And if your wife is a godly wife, she will forgive you, but she will hold you accountable to that. We need to find new friends. I'm not saying cult-like friends, but what I'm saying is we have too many friends. We were laughing at naked women, men, and we are not spending time with our wives and our children. We have too many people talking down to about other people, but not lifting them up in prayer. And you're wondering why the world is having people. I can identify as a wolf, and there's nothing you can do about it. How did we get here? And it hurts me because I'm a pastor here now for six, seven years. That's 40, 40 normal years. And I was like, how do I miss this? How do I miss this? It's because we've been too quiet for too long. I'm not saying judge that person all the way to hell. What I'm saying is that person has a story and we do not know the story and we don't even try to investigate their story and see where they come from. I really hope more broken people sit here on a Sunday than heal people. I really hope so, because I want to tell him about Jesus, the man who saved my life, the man who stopped me from alcoholism and, and, and anxiety and fear and stress, because he is Christ. It's time to leave our little cliques. It's time to avoid certain environments. You know, I always, when I, when I see drug-addicted people, and I, my heart breaks for them, because you have to escape Whitbank and find a new scenario to, to get healing from that. I firmly believe with God's help. But you have to take yourself out of the bars, out of the golf clubs, wherever you need to go. And by actively, actually crucifying that sinful nature gives us a godly nature. And then we transformed to what God wants us to be. Brings me to my third point. We need to clothe ourselves with Christ. Colossians 3 verse 12 to 17 says this. Therefore God's chosen ones, you have chosen, holy and loved, put on a heartfelt compassion for one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of the Messiah 
to which is also called in one body, control your hearts. You see there? Stop controlling your heart. It is not a heart issue. It's God controlling your heart issue. Be thankful. Let the message of the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing you one another in all wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. I want to use this example. We all like to wear our sports jerseys on sports days, except if you're a Manchester United fan. So some of you know what happened. Apparently Liverpool and Manchester United last weekend played rugby because Liverpool scored a try and converted it. Liverpool won 7-0. Man United fans, my prayers are with you. But in South African, I just had to. In a South African context, we are Blue Bull fans. Blue Bull fans? Wow, there's a lot. Okay, Sharks fans? You don't even live at the coast. Stormer fans? Okay, you see, they're a bit crazy. Typical Stormer. We are really good at wearing our jerseys. I don't know if you've ever gone to Loftus or to the FNB Stadium, but when you go to the FNB Stadium and Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates are playing, it is packed out and everybody is wearing their gear. Authentic, fake, homemade, helmets made into something, bubuzelas. We support our team. You make known that you're on team Kaiser Chiefs and then Orlando Pirates, you know? Now you know where my heart sits at. I don't know if you've ever been to Loftus, man. When the Blue Bulls played against the Lions back in the day, all right, that was a phenomenal thing because it was only Blue Bull supporters who's wearing clothes. The Lions, unlike me, didn't know you don't wear a Lion jersey to Blue Bulls country. You know why? Because you will get a beer bottle on the back of your head before the game even starts. I'll show you the stitches. All right. We are so great at supporting our teams. We are so great at supporting our workplace. I work for this company. Here's my name tag. We have to clothe on Christ. So I want to ask you, how many of you put on Jesus at a sports stadium? How many of you are putting on Jesus at the workplace? Let me make it a bit more materialistic. How many of you put a Christian shirt on when you go to a friend's bride or to the mall? How many of us changes our shirt after church so we can look good here but look the same in the world? And that hurts me. And it hurts me because I was also one of those people once back in my life. And I said to God, you know what, God? I don't know what I'm doing wrong. You're doing something. I'll trust you. And he says this, accepting one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against one another. The reason why we in cancel culture is because nobody wants to forgive. The reason why marriages are such a mess is because no one wants to forgive. The reason why we have this debacle, the debacle, or whatever you want to call it in America now, is because no one wants to take the first step and forgive. And the way we forgive, we do it so wrong. Yes, Lord, I forgive Lazan for speaking such proper English, and I can't. I am not jealous of her English anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. And we let it go. That is not biblical. Matthew 18 says, if you have an offense with your brother or sister, you go to them in person. So my job is to go to Lausanne and tell her, Lausanne, I love your English. I'm envious of your English. Teach me your English. And I forgive you. Do you forgive me back? Thank the Lord. That's what we're supposed to do. 
We have to put on Christ. But what we do is, you will see the picture now, is when we're in a season, we are not clothed correctly. We are not put together correctly. So what we do is we take our baggage. I want to stay on here. You, you take your baggage. That is your hurt. That is your worries. That is your troubles. That is everything. But God has got a different bag for you, which is warm clothes, which is equipping. It's the word. It is prayer. It is a circle group. It's a men's group. It is conferences. It's events and all of those. He's got something different. But we come to church like this and we're freezing to the cold and we don't know why. The reason is because you do not have Jesus inside of you when you come to church. The reason why we're struggling as men and women in our lives is because we're wearing the wrong clothes for the wrong occasion. It's because we keep the baggage. Jesus said, I will take your sins away as far as the east is from the west. But you still don't forgive yourself for being an adulterer. Forgive yourself. Jesus has already forgiven you if you ask for repentance. We are so... We are so into the flesh that we miss the spiritual. Romans 13 verse 14 says this, put on, the, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. We need to put on Jesus. We need to put on Jesus. We need to pray for each other. We need to spend time in the Word. You know what I like about New Life Church? We're literally not a Sunday to the next Sunday church. We're at church on Sunday. You can come to church for three services. So if you, some of you are difficult to understand stuff like me do, I have to take three services to make my notes. You can do three services. We have circles for ladies only. If you don't trust men, we have no because of issues. We have men circles that don't trust ladies. We have young adult circles that's helping young adults to become the better generation because we left and stuffed it up for them. We have now elevate circles for high school kids. We have Tuesday night equipping courses. We, I mean, we are fortunate at New Life Church on Wednesday night, we have our senior pastor. You have access to our senior pastor and do amazing, amazing discipleship with him every Wednesday night. You know, yesterday at Rivers and Zito and, and those guys can confess to us, it's almost impossible to get to those pastors. And it's not a bad thing. It's the way they do church and I love them. But we have something that they don't have. That's access to the pastors. And I love that. And I hope, and my prayer is always to stay like that. But we have all of that, but instead you want to watch you. And shame the poor guy, he cannot help to kill people. And we make that our lifestyle. We take you and he's like, I, I want a life like this. I want to have a man that loves me and, and treasures me and pleasures me and then he kills you. I mean, come on. You have a God that loves you, that wants to have intimacy with you in the word, that has the best desires for you, but we cast them aside and we put that first. How is that putting on Jesus? It's stop, we must stop coming to the winter months when we're struggling and stop putting on the clothing of Jesus Christ. We must stop putting on teachers, Jesus' teaching examples and protect us from the negativity and the sinful of the word. And my conclusion for the, all of this of closing in Christ is, is that we need to align our thoughts with actions and we need to take our attitudes and make sure it's the same as Christ. That clothing of Christ is not a one-time event. It's actually an everyday thing. Christians, we cannot be passive. There are too many passive Christians here. Not now, I'm not saying here. Please don't get me wrong now. In the world, there's too many passive Christians. Bring your Bible to church. Make notes about the sermon. That's how you clothe yourself with Christ. 
Something I've been doing recently is I put on Facebook, wherever the preacher is, I put on Facebook my outline. So in the first service, I'm typing like a maniac with the best English I can, and I make notes about what the key points for me are, and I just thought, okay, I'll share them on Facebook. Now some of you don't bring your Bibles because I'm sharing them on Facebook, sis. And those who are laughing, sis, twice. (laughs) But bring your Bible, make notes, even if you're struggling to trust God at that moment because you will look back at your notes. The reason why I post it on Facebook is not for you, it's for me, from a year from now, I'll get that memory. And I was like, answer prayer, answer prayer, answer prayer, answer prayer. But you have to start bringing your Bibles to church, digital or, or old school. You need to make notes. You have to be in a circle. You have to be in community. You must be spending time in prayer. You know, with marriages, in marriage counseling, nine out of the ten times when I ask people, do you pray for your husband and your wife? You know what they say? No. That's a fundamental thing that we need to do as a couple. God first, husband or wife second, children, family, then work, then the rest of the family, then your mother-in-law. So there we go. I said it. I don't know if she's in this service or not. We'll see soon enough. I want to end off with this. Maybe you've heard this sermon before and it's hurt you quite a bit. And I, I, I want to say, you know what? It hurt me also. Maybe you are here today and you're like, yo, I've never taken my salvation seriously at all. It was a feeling moment. I wasn't ready to do my salvation. It was a a bit of an, uh, I don't want to feel left out. Or maybe you're at the space where you never really gave your heart to God ever in your life. You are living this life that is senseless, that is baseless. You feel lost. You feel alone. And here you heard about godly lifestyle. So once again, it's not me. This is just the Holy Spirit prompting me in in, in the message. But uh, you felt like, I've never done this properly. Maybe you're like, I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of this situation. I want to get my life with God. I want to trust God with everything I have. You know, God never gives up on you. Did you know that? There's a guy on the cross next to Jesus who was busy dying. He was bleeding. And he said, this is my Lord and Savior. And Jesus said to him, tonight you will be with me in paradise. So I want to say this with the greatest love and respect. I don't care about your history. I don't care about your past adultery. I don't care about your past addicts. I don't care about your past corruption. I don't care about your past lifestyle. I don't care about your past, what you feel your sexuality was or what it might have been. I don't care about it because God doesn't care about it. Because when you come with repentance with Him, He will wipe it away. And maybe it is time for this church, New Life Church, to be a beacon of hope for others or Christians to speak out. So what I want to do is maybe today you feel like, hey, I've done this wrong. I got this wrong. I'm a passive Christian. I, I haven't accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Maybe it's a good time that we start acting it out and changing a bit. So I want to do this. I want you to close your eyes and your, bow your heads today for me, please. I want to ask you today, where do you stand with Jesus? Where do you stand with what God has called you to be? Maybe the devil has condemned you, but the Holy Spirit is convicting you today. So I pray for those today, and I pray, and I ask today for those who have never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and are tired to do the same thing over and over and over, and want to accept today Jesus' promises to you, Jesus' love to you, Jesus' uh, life that is planned for you. If you want to give your heart to the Lord today, can I just ask with every eye closed, and, and, and you're all uh, looking down, you just raise your hand quickly for me, so I can pray with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. You can put your hands down immediately after you put them up, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. So not to make them feel a little bit out or feel to be put on the spot yet, I want to ask you that you will all pray this with me and then we'll celebrate. 
So I'm going to ask you to repeat this after me. And those who have left up their hands, that you would also repeat this after me. It says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and invite you into my heart and life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate just what has happened in this room? Man, I love this. I have taken this, uh, I do not take this lightly, and we're not done with the sermon part yet. We have a few more things that I want to do. You know, in Romans 6, verse 3 to 4, it says this. Or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus? We're baptized into his death. We therefore we buried with him through baptism in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may live now a new life. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. I want to ask you today, maybe you feel like hey, you need to be baptized today. You need to clothe yourself with Jesus. Maybe it's time for that winter month's clothing, that, of that winter clothing that you are not putting on. It's time to put it on. And one of those ways of the way we can do it is through baptism. So I'm going to ask for bravery today. I want you to ask to stand up today for God and, and be brave today, even if you're an introvert. Because what I'm going to ask is if somebody can just open up those side doors for me now. Thank you. There's like three people again. It's like my children. I wish they would listen to me like that. <laughs> so I want to ask you today, for those who gave their hearts to the Lord or those who haven't been baptized and you really feel you have to become a new creation and you have to let the old self gone, I want to ask you to stand up right now. Not, do not change clothes. Do not run away. I want you to stand up right now. And if you came with family member, take your family members with you. And then Ryan and the team is really there to baptize you today. Because if there's one way, one action step you can do today is to get baptized today. So I want to ask. I'm going to keep it a little bit open. It's always taking the first one. If you want to get baptized today, would you stand up right now for me? And then as you walk down, we will celebrate and bring your family with. There we go. Here's the first one. Let's celebrate. Come on. There we go. There's the second one. Let's celebrate. There we go. Come on. We keep on celebrating. Hell has been defeated. Come on. Let's keep celebrating. Let's just keep on standing up. God is doing a thing in this house today. Come on, we're not done yet. There's still more coming. There they come. They're still coming. They're still coming. Church, 
is not Sunday attendance. It's this. And God is a victory today. I never cry in church. There's life changed here today. And I want to ask you this. If you still feel that you want to get baptized and you're a bit of an introvert, and that's also okay. We're going to play a movie. Uh, a movie. <laughs> no. We're going to play a video soon, so please go make your way out there. What's a bit of water between Christian brothers and sisters? And, and celebrate with them. So if you're done with the service, and uh, if we're done with the service and, and we're going to make our way out, please go celebrate with them. They're brothers and sisters in Christ now. And I want to thank you for just supporting them. And if you still feel you want to do it, you are more than welcome to do that. Let's pray. Lord, I am at a, at a loss of words today. I thank you for just the miracles you've done here today. Lord, I thank you that we see that godly lifestyle is a little bit different to what we believe is the truth. Lord, I pray that we will treat all people with love, but that we will not compromise our faith because of somebody's idea of our faith. Lord, your word is not old-fashioned. Your world is not in a situation where uh, it's, it's just for the old people. It says your word is through yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I pray that we will stand for that. Lord, I pray for the next generation that they will rise up and not carry on where our generation is left of, that we will become influencers in our community, that we will show God and love. Lord, I pray that we will take off our proverbial, proverbial sports and work clothing and put on you today. Lord, I pray that we will not be ashamed of who we are and what we believe in. I pray for testimonies. I pray for life. I pray for hope. I pray for joy. Lord, I come against any person who's ever been impacted negative because of a Christian's words, and I release them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray today that they will see that you are love. The world is burning, Lord, and we need to stand up. So I pray for the people that will stand up with us, that will walk with us, that we will believe in the truth and love. I love that you call us to love your neighbor. So I pray we'll start doing that, Lord. I pray that we will stand true in your word and that we won't be shakable at all because our foundation is in you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. forgiven I do this because he rose I know no water can change me but this water is a sign that change has occurred in my heart my life will never be the same so now I'm proclaiming it to the world and just as Jesus was buried I will be buried just as Jesus rose I will rise faith, hope, love. None are greater than these. I have faith that Jesus is who he says he is. I have hope in his resurrection and his everlasting power. His endless love has forever changed my life.
mine. This is my new beginning. 